0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now.
1: Researchers have found that less than 10% of us succeed in our resolutions. You go, why? Why? Why is it so hard to change? I'll tell you why. Because first and foremost, people tend to set unrealistic goals for themselves. They're unrealistic, okay? Instead of setting a goal to, hey, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, we go, man, I want to lose 100 pounds. Unrealistic. Or they made too many resolutions at once, like eating right, quitting smoking, reading the Bible, spending time in prayer, and these are all wonderful things, But really, if we're honest, two or three days into it, guys, we're overwhelmed by the number of changes, okay? We often fall to basically we fail because we underestimate how difficult it is to really change. And some fall in their resolutions or some fail in their resolutions because they lack the commitment to follow through. They have developed the pattern of quitting whenever they experience difficulty. Oh, that's too much. Like like if we're going to read the Bible through, I guarantee you, Genesis you're like, "Yeah. Exodus, cool, right? Moses, I've seen the 10 commandments. This is amazing, right?" But once you get to Leviticus, and then Numbers? Oh, uh, can we just skip to the can we just skip to the New Testament? Let's just skip. And so I think of resolutions, but here's my thought, guys. This year, let's not make any resolutions. You go, Benny, we haven't. Okay, well, I was hoping some of you would have. But let's do this. If you're taking note, guys, and I encourage you to do so, let's, let's live by some simple rules. Some simple rules that will do this for us, that will spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our city, to our state, and to our country. Right? If you remember, Jesus told us in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my, there it is guys, my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now what's he saying? God is calling us to be witnesses, where? In Love of Texas. He's calling you to be a great witness in the community you live in, in the neighborhood you live in, to be a great witness. He's also saying, now let's be a great witness to Texas, the state of Texas. Also to the United States and eventually to the world. This is what he's saying. We need to be a good witness. Well, how do we do that? Well, guys, first and foremost, let me just say this. We need, we need, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay, we can't do it without the power of see rules or, um, or, or resolutions or I'm gonna do this. Without the Holy Spirit, we won't accomplish anything. They're, they're just rules. But if we go through these eight simple rules with the power of the Holy Spirit, it'll help us do more than ever before. Now, listen to me, listen to me. I'm begging you, we are we're not in the fourth quarter of the game anymore, guys. We're in overtime. We're in overtime, okay? Everything prophetically that has to happen before the return of Jesus has happened. There was the Spanish flu back in the early 1900s. People might have said, oh, well, it's the end of the world. Jesus is coming back. But see, Israel was not a nation. Well, in 1948, Israel became a nation. And that was the last prophetic thing. Here it is. There it is. And so now we've been waiting, and we've been waiting. Pastor Ben, are you saying that the COVID flu, the coronavirus has some... No, 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 no. I'm not saying that this is, has anything to do with the... The Lord's coming back anyway. Amen. He's coming back for his church. He's coming back for, for us to be pure and to be ready. And if, you're, if you guys understand this, you know what's going on in your life right now. What's that? Spiritual warfare. You're being attacked all over the place. Just as a believer, (sighs) you know the Lord's coming back. Why? Because the enemy knows his time is short. He's looked at the clock, and he sees overtime, and the clock is running down. You and I, our job is, man, we want to bring everybody on, get everybody to heaven. And he's going, I need to do everything to stop that. What's the best way to stop people going to heaven? Stop you guys from being a good witness trip you up so that your friends and your family go, oh, if that's what being a Christian is like, if that's what being a Christian is like, I don't want to be one. So, you know, you know, you know, that's what's going on. You go, Pastor, how do we do that? How do we do that? I need some foundation. I need some stability. I need something. Okay, okay, well, let's do this, guys. Let's, let's do this. Let's interrupt the Apostle Paul's testimony to hone in on something specific that should be helpful to us as we look forward in this next year. Can we agree 2020 was really, really weird, really sad, and really hard? We can all agree. Amen? It was. You realize that every time that I looked at um, what, what, whatever was happening on New Year's Eve, you know, the pe- the, the, every one of them said, it has been a hard year. We look forward to 2021. And I think this year, you know, you know the old adage, right? The, the people would shoot the old year. Do you remember that? Or, or fireworks? I mean, I never heard so much gunshots and fireworks in my life because people are tired of 2020. They figured it was just a year. You guys with me? So what do we need to do? We need to look forward to 2021. How do we do this? Philippians chapter 8, notice with me, Paul is writing and we're interrupting him and he says, yet, look at verse 8, chapter 3, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered loss in all things and count them as rubbish. That I may gain Christ. To be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. Okay? Now, you write, jot this down. Here is our goal. This is our goal for 2021. It's in, found in verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. That's our goal. Well, let's break it down. Okay? Let's break it down. Let's chat for just a moment. Okay? This is deep. This is deep. Why? Because the first thing we need to understand is that we may know him. Can I get an amen? You go, but Ben, I'm not sure what that means. Well, this is the simple plea of Paul's heart. I want to know him. I want to know him. You go, well, I'm not sure what that means. Well, the word know there, guys, in the Greek is ginosko, ginosko, and it means to know him by experience. Listen, I know God when I see a beautiful sunset. Or a beautiful sunrise. I know there's a God. I know God when I see pictures of beautiful landscapes and mountains and and rivers and crystal blue. I know there's a God. But I don't know Him experientially by that. But I I want to know Him. I want to know Him. I want to know Him by experience. Experience. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. When you experience something that's different, it's different than go, yeah, I I know him, right? How many of us in this room can explain how oxygen and carbon, all of that work, we don't know, we just, we just breathe, we just breathe. Your heart beats, you're not sitting there, go beat, please beat, please beat, it just does, God does that. But I want to know him more by experience. And my prayer for you in 2020 is that you know him, that you could feel him. That you'd walk with him. And when you walk with him, guys, that you're walking hand in hand and that you could feel him and he's right there. That, guys, when you have your quiet time in the morning, that he is, listen, you have your cup of coffee, you have your Bible, you have your pen, and my Jesus is right there with you. That's my prayer. Nothing else is going to satisfy you. Now is not the time to play church. Now is not the time to walk away from God. Now is the time to draw as close as we can. This is what Paul says. Paul says, I want to know him. Well, how should I know him? Well, look at this. In the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. Knowing Jesus is knowing the power, this power, this new life that is imparted to us. Now, not just when we die. Not when we, listen, be a Christian. Oh, I'm saved. My my name's written in the Lamb books of life, but I'm going to still struggle all the way. That's not Christianity. Christianity is not like that. Christianity is going, man, I'm going to know him in the same, the same Jesus that, that the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in me. That's the same Jesus. That's the powers. I know him. I know him. Right? How do you know him? You don't understand. You understand. Here's what the devil's trying to tell you. You can't know him. He's spirit. He's up there. He's God. He's got a billy club waiting for you to just get out of line. That's what the devil says. But God says, no, 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 no. Listen, I sent my son so that I can reconcile you back to me so that you can know me. And when you read the word, woo, it speaks to you like never before. It speaks to you like never before. One commentator put it like this, quote, he wants to know us in an experiential way, the power of Christ's resurrection. That is, he wants to experience the same power that raised Christ from the dead, surging through his being, overcoming sin in his life and producing the Christian graces, end quote. Look at your life and those things you struggle with. Oh, I struggle with this. I can't believe this. No, guys, just listen. The power of his resurrection to overcome those things. But Ben, am I still a Christian? Yeah, but see, those things are pulling you away from God. And the power of the Holy Spirit. You go, okay, I'm with you. Now, ready? Another way we know him. Through the fellowship of his sufferings. Time out. (laughs) Listen, I'm all for giving my life to Jesus. I'm all for opening up my heart, but to know Him in His sufferings? No, 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 no. See, I'm not supposed to suffer. No, no, no. This is what, this is what Paul wrote to the Philippians. Knowing Jesus, you ready? Means knowing this fellowship of His suffering. It's all part of following Jesus and being in Christ. Guys. We have to understand that suffering is part of our heritage as children of God. We get to be part of the family of suffering. It's going to happen. How we respond to that suffering is going to say volumes about God. Volumes. You can say, how so? The only way I can compare it is I saw it firsthand. In over my life, I've seen two people very close to me have cancer. And one of them was my wife, and she glorified the Lord. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. She walked in the sufferings of the Lord. And for one moment, she said, why me? And then realized that's not the right question. Why not me? Why not me? Who am I that you are mindful of me, O Lord? Who am I? Who is man? My life should glorify you in sickness and in health till the day you call me home. I can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit, Rosa. I can't do it. I'll whine and complain. Oh, I got a
0: sniffle.
1: You know, and it's like, no, no, no. How are you going to glorify the Lord? You go, what about the other person? The other person, he. He just he just, just complained and just... I need the Holy Spirit, guys. Have you asked the Holy Spirit to come in and fill you? Have you asked Him to baptize you? I want all that God has for me. I need the Holy Spirit because I want to know Him in the fellowships of His sufferings, even if it's the third one, and being conformed to His death. Being conformed to His death. Paul goes on and he says, not that I have already attained. Amen. (laughs) Or I'm already perfected. I love Paul. He says, but I press on. I press on that I may hold that for which is Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me. Do you guys understand? 2020, we didn't understand it. We didn't, we just... Okay, we're going to press on. We're going to press on. We're going to press on. God has, it's so much bigger. We're going to press on. That's what he says. Not not that we've already attained it, guys, or we're already perfected. But we're going to press on so that we can lay hold of all that God has for us. You have to be with me. All that God has for you. Why? Well, the first part is I want to know him. But I got a second goal for 2021. You go, what is that? Look at this. Verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You go, Ben, what's our goal? Our goal is to know him. Can I get an amen? Amen. But our other goal is to what? You ready? Number one, forget those things which are behind. Okay? Okay. By 2020, it's gone. Whatever I did or didn't do, it's gone. I'm forgetting those things. I've learned a lesson, but it's time to move forward. Okay? Come on, are you guys with me? You guys know what I'm talking about? Because we have a tendency, Alex, to hold on to those things. We have a tendency of 2020. But Paul says, no, no, no. I'm going to forget those things which are behind. We got to let it go. Right? Let it go. Let it go. It's all gone. But then he says this. We need to reach forward to those things which are ahead. What's ahead? Tell me what's ahead today. All we got is today. Amanda, all we have is today. That's all we got. That's all we got. And we need to reach, we we, we need to reach forward to those things. What are we reaching for? What are we reaching for? How many of us wish we were supermen and we could go and we could go around the world and and, and make time go back so that we can fix our mistakes? Okay, so let me ask you this. If we could do that and we went back to January 2020, you know what's going to happen in 2020. You know what's coming in March. What would you change? You go, Ben, there's nothing I could change. This was a pandemic. This was a. But would we change our attitude and our hearts? You know what I would change, guys? I wouldn't close down the church. I'd say, mm But Ben, you were being obedient to the government. I was being obedient to the government based upon the word of God, but we didn't have the knowledge we had, did we? So we need to move forward. We need to move forward. We need to move forward. To do what? To press toward the goal. What's the goal? What's the goal? The goal, guys, is the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. Every one of you has a call of God on your life. I'm not a pastor. No, 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 I'm not saying that. Every one of you has a call of God. Guys, here's what God does. He brings you all in here. He gets you fed in the word of God, and he goes, break And you all go out to your different places to see people who don't know God. It's an incredible plan. He only picks one. He says, I got one right here. Okay, so my job is to teach you. And it's one, two, three, break. There you go. And you have people coming up to you going, what about Jesus? Or what is it? Guys, they're out there. Okay, so this morning, I, I go over to the donut lady and uh, she says, hey, by the way, we just opened a brand new location on 82nd. And I was like, oh, yeah, but no, I get these donuts for church. Oh, wonderful. Since you're going to church, can you please pray for me? Absolutely, but you need to be here. How do we get you here? Why? because it's the teaching of the word of God but not only the teaching of the word of God they need to have fellowship with you. You know what Pastor Self said last week? We need we need relationships. We need we need to build family. We need to have that 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 man that's my brother, that's my we got to have that. See, I get it. Covid's going stay away. Stay away. But 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 God's going, no, no, no. We need, we need relationships. We need that. That's how it sustains us. He never called us to be Lone Ranger Christians. All alone. He didn't. He says, get together. Get together. The government says six feet apart. You guys are doing great. It's all You're all six feet apart. But we still need relationships. Would you agree? We need that. We need that. That's what he's telling us to do. We have, two, we have two goals, guys, this year. Two goals. Mel, two goals. To know Jesus. To feel his breath on us. To walk with him. And then we need to forget what happened. We need to forget the past, man. We, those things which are behind. Now, when I say forget him, I'm not saying that we didn't learn the lesson. We didn't learn the lesson. But we go, I can't live there. I can't live there. Well, you didn't do, you didn't do, well, you messed up, or you said, or didn't say, I can't live there. I'll tell you why. Because the past has a tendency to wrap its arms and legs around your legs so that you can't move forward. Okay? We got to reach forward. We got to reach forward we got to reach forward. Now, listen, I can be up here all hyped up and excited to reach forward, but if I don't communicate that to you, you're going to go, Amen, that's good, let's go. And then next time you go, oh, I'm going to, I don't know. Pastor Ben said something about getting excited. I do No, no, it's got to get in you. There's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's got to get in you where you go, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What
0: am i am going to do? Let's
1: go. We're going to press forward to goal. What is it? What are those things? Well, Here's the thing, guys. With the remainder of the time, okay? Let me give you basically, I wanna, I, I wanna give you and us what we should do as a church. This is what we're gonna do as a church. Okay? Eight simple rules, man, that we're gonna, ta- we're gonna tackle. And I want you to take notes because these are what we're gonna do as a church. You guys with me? Okay. Number one. We need to see our failures as new beginnings and not as an end. That's the first thing I want to do. We need to see our failures as a new beginnings and not as an end. Now, listen, listen, while you're writing that down, I understand the fear of failure. I get it, right? But at the same time, all of us have areas in our lives that need improvement. It's been said we can learn more from our failures than our successes. So as we come into January 3rd, man, it is ripe for seeing all of our failures as new beginnings. That's what we need to do, okay? Now, let me give you just a fact. Maybe you know, maybe you didn't know. Did you know the month called January because it was named after the Romans? They named it after their god, Janus, Janus is depicted as having two faces. I did not know that. One looking back at the old year with regret and the other face looking forward to the new year with hope. That's why they call it January. And what they did is they said, okay... Janice, you're going to look back with, oh, that was such an awful year. I messed up so bad. I did this. I did this. I, did. Oh, I should have been better. Person. But he says it's also looking forward to go, man, listen, here, we have, we, have what? we have a new year, and we can't help but have hopeful improvement. 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020 makes no difference. A lot of us look back at our past with Sadness. I can't believe we did that. And maybe you you see failure in the same old year. Maybe last year you made a resolution and said, "I'm going to stop." Fill in the blank. I'm going to I'm going to start. And you didn't do it. And came February, you're like, where are the donuts?" Guys, it's not a failure. It's not a failure. Because now we have something. Remember what Paul said. Paul said to forget what is behind us. Do not let failures, past failures, define you. Okay? Starting today, we're going to try, and if we fail, then we're going to learn, and it's a new beginning. Okay? You go, what does that mean as a church? Ready? As a church, here's what we need to do. Let's go out together and make mistakes. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? For you see, it's in the trying that we can learn. We can't be afraid to fail. I am the captain of your failures. You go, Pastor, I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, We have... So, we've been doing this 17 years. And we failed so much that we're afraid to try this year. People come up to me and go, Hey, sh- we should try this. Oh, we've already tried it. Didn't work. Oh, we already did it. Didn't work. Oh, no, it's not going to work. And so, instead of learning, we going to go, No, oh, let's learn from it. What can we do? What can we do? What can we learn from 2020 moving forward? Here's it. You ready? We need to restart the church, if you will, during a pandemic. How do we do church in a different time during a pandemic? We've got to change. We can't just go, well, we've got to go, Okay. I need to invite people to my church. You sure do. Listen, the church is clean and sanitized. You can wear a mask if you want to wear a mask, but you need to come. You need to be here. There's something about being here, opening the word of God. But I've never been to church before. That's okay. Come on. We love you. We love you. It's all up to you. Let us not be afraid of failures. Let us not be afraid of failures. Listen, I don't know if you know this, but but check this out. One ball player, guys, set a major league record for strikeouts. He had 1,316 strikeouts. The same player set a record for five consecutive strikeouts in a World Series game. The holder of both those records was the great slugger, Babe Ruth. You're going, no way. Yeah. Yeah. We all love to see Michael Jordan in that final game where he comes down, he takes the final shot, he wins the game. But do you know how many shots Michael Jordan missed? You have to take the shot. You have to take the shot. And that's the point, guys. Now, let me say this. This is going to be profound and deep. You ready? Failure is an event, never a person. Failure is an event. Notice the difference. I want you to notice the difference between what happens when a man says to himself, I have failed three times, and what happens when he says, I'm a failure. Big difference. Big difference when a man goes, man, I blew it. I failed three times versus he goes, oh, I'm a failure. That's rule number one. Rule number two. You ready? We need to take risks. We need to take risks. If we don't, then we'll never know what God wants to do. And you're going, Ben, look around. How are we going to take risks? we just got a handful of people. we got a lot of people watching online, but we need to take risks. Okay? Why? Let me just say this. We are creatures of comfort. It's hard to take risks. The unknown is super hard. Okay, so what do you mean take risks? Well, I think 2021, we need to step out in faith. We need to do more for God. We need to do more. For, and listen, here's the deal. I'm preaching to me. Y'all can listen if you want to, but I, we need to step out in faith. We need to step out in faith, right? Why? Because our third core value, guys, is live radically. And what we mean by that, guys, is we have a sub-core value that says, man, we need to go deeper. We need to pioneer. We need to, we need to step out of the boat and onto the water. Everybody gives Peter a hard time. Peter, oh, you try, You fell in the water. You, you. Peter's the only one who got out of the boat i got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm the guy in the boat. Well, Ben, what does God want to do? I don't know. I'm just going to sit right here because it's safe. I need to get out of the boat. I need to get out of the boat. We need to see what God wants to do. Did I remind you that it's the fourth quarter overtime? Did I remind you that Jesus is coming back soon? So we need to get out of the boat. We need to get out of the boat. Think about this, guys. There was a fellow by the name of Jim Burke, and he was the head of New Products Division for Johnson & Johnson. And one of his first projects was the development of what he would call a children's chest rub. The product failed miserably, and Burke expected that he would be fired. When he was called in to see the chairman of the board, however, he met with a surprising reception. Are you the one who just cost us all that money, asked Robert Wood Johnson. Well, I just want to congratulate you. Why? If you're making mistakes, that means you're taking risks, and we won't grow unless you take risks. Some years later, when Burke himself became the chairman of J&J, he continued to spread that word. We have to take risks. Hudson Taylor, the great man of faith who founded the the China Inland Mission, integrated faith and risk. He said, unless there is an element of risk which exploits for God, there is no need for faith. That's what we need to do. Guys, starting today as a church, we need to take risks. We need to step out in faith. And I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. Step out in faith. See what God has for you. You go, well, what does that mean? It means God's going to raise up leaders. to is going to use you at your jobs. Okay? We have a good church. People here are loving. People here are giving. There's nothing to be ashamed about. We need to go out and we need to just tell people. Well, so the, boy, the, the goal is to bring them to church? No, the goal is to bring them to Jesus. But if they ask you, "What part of the family are you with?" You got to come. You got to come. It's just—it's just amazing. You got to come. Our pastor will warn us. He'll love us. Everybody's just saying, "We got donuts." I mean, come on. Sophie and Ivan will probably and Manaya. She—they'll she, remember when we first started the church. We used to do everything. We used to do, we used to do, we, <laughs> we used to stay up till two o'clock on, on, on New Year's Eve, all the way till New Year's Day doing, we prayed in the new year. We always did something. We had a group of people here and, 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 and we lost that loving feeling. We got tired. Oh, nobody will come. I don't want to half heartedly do ministry. And then God show up in an amazing way, and people get saved. We need to trust the Lord, guys. Rule number three, always do more than it's expected. Always do more than it's expected. In other words, under-promise and over-deliver. Did you hear me? under-promise and over-deliver. It was Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 that says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Thank you, Solomon, right? Solomon adds a new dimension to counseling concerning life. Though much of the life is futile, one must grasp its opportunities and use them to the fullest of serving God. That's what he's saying. And whatever you do, man, do it all the way. Do it all the way. What's he saying? Guys, here it is. Always do more than, it's, than expected. Always do more. If you sign up for children's ministry, be here early. Be ready to go. Be prayed up. Whatever you're going to do, always, what, under promise, and over-deliver. That's what's going to do it, guys. That's what's going to do it. Guys, this year, let's promise. Let's under-promise and over-deliver. What can you do and then do more? Rule number four. This is what I want to do as a church, guys. Assume nothing and question everything. You go, whoa, whoa. Now, this is an interesting rule. Assume nothing, and here's how we apply it. There is a forbidden phrase that we are taught not to use. You ready? Our people won't. Our people won't. In some variation is our team will never, my staff won't, our volunteers don't, my kids won't. Okay? Now... Anytime we say some version of that forbidden phrase, we are casting blame. You see, our job in 2021, people in the churches, we are to assume nothing and question everything. Let's not roll with what's ever been done in the past, but let's begin to question, okay, God, maybe you want to do this. Maybe you want to do this. Maybe you want to use this person. Maybe you want to do that. God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Ben, but if you put somebody in charge, they might fail. But failure is not what? It's not an end. It's, it's a learning. Oh, okay. Okay, well, we learned. We learned. What if God wants to do something different? Guys, we used to meet here, so remember, and we'd, we'd canvass the neighborhoods. Yeah, well, God, nobody's came from that. Well, maybe what if God wants to do something else like that? I mean, we used to go and Christmas carol. Yeah, but nobody's come. What if God wants to do something? We got to assume nothing and question everything. We have great ideas. But let me say this. Don't say, hey, pastor, I've got a great idea. Why don't you go? No, 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 no. If you thought of it, you've got to lead it up. Hey, I've got a great idea. Let's do this. And I'm going, okay. No, no, no. God put it in your heart. Man, let's go. I'm behind you. But I can't do all of that. I can't do all of it. We've got to do this together. We've got to do this together. What if God wants us? How does He want us to move forward? How does He want us to move forward? You know what? We need the power of the Holy Spirit and we need to be in prayer. You ready? Here's a good one. Rule number five Make peace with the past. Make peace with the past. The prophet Isaiah says it like this in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. He says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall, it shall spring forth. How shall, how shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Isaiah says it like that, guys. He says, Don't remember the former things. Often in our lives, we'll allow the past to direct our future. For you see, we really haven't made peace with our past. The problem is everyone has a past. I like what Warren Wiersbe says. He says this, Do not say, Why were the former days better than these? You do not move ahead by constantly looking in the rearview mirror. The past is the rudder to guide you and the anchor, not an anchor to drag you. You must learn from the past but not live in the past. Right? So, We've got to make peace with the past. And what does that mean? As a church and as people, we've got to make peace with 2020. Whatever we did or didn't do, it's done. We make peace with it. And we've got to move forward. We've got to move forward. Why? If you get in your car today, is a beautiful illustration, okay? Get in your car. You have a rearview mirror that's this big. What's the rearview mirror? To see what's behind you. But you have a windshield this big because you need to see what's in front of you. And that's how we need to look at church, okay? We need to look at our past, yeah. Okay, we, we we but we got this giant right out the window. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Pastor Ben, I've got a question. What is it? What about COVID? Well, I mean, it's still it's still running rampant. It's still people are getting sick, and I understand that. I get it. But we got to still move forward. If we don't, church, we're going to collapse. And you don't know how many churches in 2020 shut their doors and said no more. We have to stand together, even if it's just a handful of us. We have to. That's got to be deep inside, though. So we make peace with the past, amen? Whatever we've done. So we can look forward. That's a good rule to have. That's a good rule to have. Rule number six. Jot this down. Stop overthinking things. Act on it. What do you mean? Well, there's something called the paralysis of analysis. Okay? And you go, what does that mean? Well, in referring to rule number one, number two, number four, and number five, so many times I overthink what God wants to do. Well, how are we going to get there? What's it going to cost? Oh, my gosh, we don't have the money. And then what happens is that we end up not doing anything. That's a good place for an amen? That's exactly what it is. Do Do we over? Man, some of us call it procrastination. How many of us ever, man, that's a good deal. I need to buy that. And then you don't. And then you don't. And then you don't. And then when you're ready to buy, it's sold. And you're like, oh, I should have bought it we're 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 paralyzed right cuz we overthink well i don't know i mean here's the thing guys here's the thing we can't overthink what god wants to do let's think about it then when it's time let's go to think about something here's the definition too much or for too long then we never step out in faith why i can talk myself out of doing anything you know how i know Cause I'll go to Rosa. Hey, Rosa, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? It's a great idea. And Rosa's like, ah, uh, yeah, you're right, Rosa. I don't know. Hey, Emil, what do you think? We're, we're, we're going to think about this. We're going to, Jennifer, are you guys in? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. Uh, we're, okay. That's, that was a dumb idea. And then we talk ourselves. But what if we need to get out of the boat? I mean, can you imagine the disciples? It's Jesus. Get out. I'm not getting out. Do you think I should get out? Well, why? You're just going to drown. Yeah. You're right. Peter's the only one going, hey, and he got out of the boat. You know Peter walked on water twice. You go, no, he didn't. Well, I wonder how he got back. Right? I mean, he sank, Lord help. God, Jesus pulled him up, but Jesus' is still walking on water. He had to walk Saba, right? Unless the Lord carried him. Come on, Peter. There you go. Either way, Peter got out of the boat. We need to get out of the boat. Guys, overthinking does not solve problems. Trust me, it causes depression. I come from a long line of overthinkers. As a matter of fact, hi, my name is Ben. I'm an overthinker. You're supposed to say, hello, Ben. Let's not overthink this. Let's step out in faith. Let's think through it, pray about it, and then go for it. God's in it, we'll see. What if we fail? Well, we just learned, number one, we can fail. Oh, we learned, okay, okay. Are any of you guys with me on this? Okay, just checking because I'm like preaching my heart out here. Number seven, this is a good one. You ready? Never compare yourselves to others. Never compare yourselves to others. Why? You are who God made you to be for his glory. We need to recognize that God has purposely made us that way for his glory. Okay? That's exactly it. Look at, Listen to what, what Paul writes to the Galatians. I'm going to use the message translation. He says in Galatians 6, 4 through 6, Make careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. Then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Let each of you take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Be very sure now you have been trained to a self-sufficient maturity, that you enter into a generous common life with those who have trained you, sharing all things that you have desired and experienced. You see that, guys? So what's the rule? Don't compare yourselves with somebody else. Why? Why? Let me give you three reasons why we shouldn't compare. You guys ready? Number one, other so called perfection is just an illusion. It doesn't speak any louder than social media. So many people get so depressed because they think on social media, this is the perfect life. This is, you know, and it's an illusion. There's no such thing as perfect. I'm not going to compare myself to a friend of mine who's on Facebook who used 5,000 filters to make this look perfect. That's not not reality. Number two, I don't want to compare myself to others because life isn't fair. We're not all deal the same hand, right? Somebody's a little, little bit different. Number three, guys, comparison turns friends and allies into rivals. Wisdom is looking at somebody else's beautiful gifts and saying, wow, I know my own weaknesses. This is a guy who's, who's great at gifting. Gifting. For example, Pastor Sulf and I don't teach the same. We don't teach the same. That's how God designed it. Okay but you both get fed. You understand that? That's what I love about it. I love the fact that he's brought two people and he says, boom, and, and Soph compliments my weaknesses. Soph doesn't overthink anything. He acts on it. I, I can beat around the bush and talk and he's like, get to the point. He's like to the point kind of guy. I love that. You you understand that, right? I mean, this is how. This is how. And 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 it's every one of us is so different. Every one of us is so different. Listen, I don't. I I love the way Alex plays drums. See, I'm a drummer myself. I love the way Alex plays drums. But I don't. I don't. You know what I want to do? I want to learn from my brother. I don't want to be a rival with him. I don't want to come. Well, you know, he's gifted, and I want to learn. This morning, I play the guitar. You did not know that, did you? But I learned something new from Mel that I never knew this morning about guitar. See, I don't want to be a rival. I want to learn. Guys, and I think when we can humble ourselves to learn from not only those that are greater than us, but even those that are younger than us. You know how many many things my granddaughter teaches me? She's six. She teaches me so many things about God, I can't tell you. That's what I want. I'm getting, getting off here. Let me give you the last rule, guys, and then we'll close. You ready? Rule number eight. This is important. Please, teach others what you know. Teach others what you know. This one rule we need to live by this year. What's it called? It's called discipleship. It's called discipleship. Now, let's break this down for just a moment. William A. Ward said this, quote, The mediocre teacher tells... The good teacher explains, the superior teacher demonstrates, the great teacher inspires, end quote. Wow. Wow. Second Timothy two says this, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Teach what you know. Guys, what does it say? Teach others what you know. The best way for you to be a teacher is you're already teaching. You're already teaching. have to teach the Bible? No, no, teach people what you know. You're already teaching people your craft or or whatever it might be. You're always teaching. You're not just going, well, just let me do it. I'll do it. It's faster. But you're teaching. Look, let me show this. Let me show this. My friend Alex is an electrician, and he was trying to show me some stuff, and sometimes I don't get it, but he's, but he's teaching. Okay, so this is what, well, why is that? Well, let me show he, he could be so. He could be just like, would you just go inside and, and uh, let me just do this. I can get done a lot faster, but see, because it takes time to be a teacher. And what a teacher does is he doesn't go, well, if I teach bed, then, then I, I won't do it for him. He'll do. No, 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 that's not what he's saying. He's going, yeah, I trust God. Trust the Lord. Are you teaching people what you know already? Are you teaching your kids the Bible? And listen, I get it. Don't grab your kid. All right, kids, sit down. We're having a Bible study. Everybody sit down right there. Kids are like, ah. I'm not talking about that. But the, every day the Bible says when you walk out, when you're talking, you talk about the things of the Lord. Are you teaching your kids that? That's the rule we need to live by. That's the rule we need to live by. Okay, so let's close. Let's close. I'm going to recap very quickly. These are not resolutions. These are what we want to do, okay? These are what we want to do. Number one, we, we you ready? We need to see our failures as new beginnings, not as an end. We're not failures. We just fail from time to time. Number two, we're going to take risks, guys. We're going to take risks. Okay? One of the things we need to remember, okay, in a financial situation, we need to be aggressive. We're going to take risks. It takes money. It takes people. That's what we need to do. How are we going to outreach in 2021? How are we going to outreach? How are we going to reach them? How are we going to get out there? Well, listen. If everybody's at home, then we need to infiltrate the TV, I guess. And we, we need to be on TV or we need to be on the radio. I don't know what we need to do. I'm just saying, what is it going to take for us to reach the people? We need to take risks. Number three, always do more than, ex- than expected, guys. Always do more than expected, right? Under promise, over deliver. I'll be there. I'll take care of it. Boom. Number four, assume nothing, question everything. What if God wants to do? What does God want to do in 2021? It's a brand new thing. God, what do you want to do? Number five: make peace with the past. Make peace with the Lord. I am so sorry, please forgive me, but I'm going to move forward. The devil brings up your past. tells you how much you failed. Don't listen to him. Move forward. Number six, stop overthinking it. Just act on it. Step out in faith. Number seven. Never compare yourself to others. You are who you are. Be the best you you can be. That's it. Number eight, teach others what you know. Teach others what you know. Father, we thank you for your word today and the truth in your word. We thank you for your great love for us. We love you so much, Jesus.
0: Hey, this is Pastor Josh.